Hello, hello, hello. Thora Birch here, and you are listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 311, where tonight it is our year-end episode we, where we are counting down the best of 2023. Very excited. This is always my favorite episode of the year. Uh, we've done a lot of these this year. What do we do? 70s, right? Best of 70s, I think, yeah. earlier in the mm-hmm. year. So that was fun. Are we doing 60s next year, Steve? Steve's yeah, 60s, always on the ball with 60s our 60s and then probably the last one the year after where we do everything pre-1959. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, thank you to everybody that submitted 2023 list. This was our biggest yet. So thank you so much for that. And start prepping for next year, those 1960s lists. But I am here, of course, as always with Todd and Steve. Gentlemen, how was your new year? How was your week? Hello. Getting over pneumonia, so that was fun. And New Year's Eve is a young man's game, so I did not partake. Yeah, I didn't do much either. I stayed in, watched some movies, and uh, ate some shawarma. So nothing too, too crazy. What is shawarma? It's like um, Middle shaved Eastern meat. food. Oh, okay. Like a shape. I've ever had like it. Like a yeah, off the kebab right. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Sounds delicious. All right. All right. Well, we're not going to waste any time because this is always a lengthy episode as we have to get through all of our lists plus the master list. But we have a score to settle, ladies and gentlemen. So, Todd, bust out those trivia points. We know you tried to fake your sickness last week, not coming on, (laughs) trying to get through it. I was trying to cram uh, another 100 years of history. (laughs) Let's Um, get those scores and determine the winner for this year. All right, quarter number four. Steve in a commanding lead with 23. Joe and I each tied at 18 apiece. However, it is still any man's game. I mean, technically any man's game for quarter four still, but the year is a nail biter. We got Steve in the lead with 82. Joe in second place, 81. Myself, third place, 80. Could we have a new winner this year for the first time in Horror Squad history? (laughs) Will Joe and Steve both choke and I will take my fourth title? Will I choke and shit the bed? Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. What's gonna have we come up with a tiebreaker here? Because there is a potential for a tie here. Uh, with the, I, I so have one tight. if it's between you two. So okay, well, I'll okay. hold on my ass if I have we, to. We we might need to figure that out, but with the magic of Steve's editing, you'll never know, ladies. <laughs> you'll never know. It'll be seamless, <laughs> just like we guess things in microseconds. We don't really <laughs> right. guess in microseconds. <laughs> it takes like four minutes. We're like, uh, uh. <laughs> all right. Who would like to go first? All right. I guess I'll start us off. Oh, uh, we daddy. put out a call. Yes, we put out a call <laughs> to the listeners to submit trivia questions for this week. So there would be no funny business from any of us. So shout out to uh, Cody. Business. He <laughs> Shout out to Cody. He uh, sent in, I think, trivia questions to all of us. So mm-hmm. you'll be hearing a lot of Cody questions tonight. Wait. Uh, but all right, here we go. First question from Cody. Although there's no Oldsmobile Delta 88 in Evil Dead Rise, what mainstay weapon was painted in the same yellow color of Raimi's car? Um, the, the tree shatter thing. Uh, incorrect. Dang. Um, fuck. 
I don't know, the um, scissors? I don't remember. Dildo. <laughs> uh, no, no. The correct answer was the chainsaw. Oh, really? I uh, thought that was too easy. Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Right back to Cody. I think he watched Evil Dead recently because his first question is Evil Dead related. What was the name of the pizza place in Evil Dead Rise? Oh, God. Oh. Um, it's a deep cut, dude. That is a deep cut. Uh, Shemp's Pizza. Shemp's. Incorrect. It's, good. it's a good guess, though. Good guess, yeah. Like your thought process. Yeah. Uh, let's go with uh, Bruce's. Incorrect. Good thought process. And the correct answer is Henrietta's from. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. That that was the saddest scene of 2023. Those pizzas just being wasted <laughs> for no reason because yes. five of them were still I, good. I would have picked them up and ate them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> the waste was incredible. All right. I have questions from three different people, but the first one is from Cody. The cat from Pet Cemetery, that's in 2019, the remake. Was also in which popular horror film? Oh, the same cat, like the actor? Yeah. The cat actor? Right. The cat actor. The so cat obviously, cat. It's, 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 it has to be something recent because. Something the cat, with the cat. Yeah. The uh, cat's still alive. <laughs> Another horror film, you said? Yes. Fuck, dude. I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like we did talk about this or I read something we, about we this. We did. Cat's doing work, man. Yeah. Paid. Nope. No kidding. Does he get the SAG minimum? Is there like a SAG cat? <laughs> Like Maybe. Good question. Or mm-hmm. Tuna cans. Um, I cannot think of another cat in any horror movies besides Church. So, Joe. Yeah. Day of the Dead Bloodlines. Um, wrong. Oh, not Day of the Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. No. Day pet Cemetery. It's, it's, it's not <laughs> another. No, it's not Pet Cemetery. No cats. In what was the that Day of the Dead remake called though? Didn't it have like a blood? I think it, Bloodlines. Uh, I think it was. It was Bloodlines too. Wow. Really? I think so. Interesting. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Uh, I got nothing. I, I I got nothing. I can't think of anything. All right, oh, Joe. You should have known this. Yeah, because you watched it oh, like two days ago. Thanksgiving. Oh, God, it's the cat that. Oh, uh, oh wow, interesting. <laughs> that, that he helps out. <laughs> it's like the only good thing that the cat uh, that he feeds. Oh, that yeah. He feeds. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's cool. Hmm. All right. Does, con- does the cat do cons? Yeah, actually, yes. Because <laughs> oh, well, oh not, not not cons. <laughs> But he was at Deadly Grounds Coffee this year uh, in oh. Canada because I'm pretty sure he's a Canadian cat. So. That's pretty awesome. Jobs, those Canadian cats, man. I tell okay. you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I think that's an issue, probably about like uh, humane, like bringing an animal probably, to a probably. Con and making. I mean, uh, you know, I would think... Grumpy Cat used to do it. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. in peace, Grumpy Cat. Um, and and uh, the right. the cat from that meme, you know, the one with the salad. Uh, oh did yeah, a, did a con here because he's from That's my so city. Funny. So salad cat. That's hilarious. <laughs> Love it. All right. Wait, didn't uh, the wolf from fucking Game of Thrones do cons too? Pretty sure I did. Wow, did <laughs> the wolf really? Yeah, the fucking one of the like Arya's. Oh, one of the di- like the dire yeah. wolves. Wow, interesting. I mean, all right, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Did the cat like put it? Did they have like paw print autographs for like the cat? I think so. Deadly grounds. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. sweet. But I think they That's were pre made. Cool. <laughs> like it wasn't like he pawed it in front right, of him because it's right. too messy. Yeah. Right. Man, that would be sweet. I'd love a nope. like a black that, 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 that should have been like, like a bad box item. 
<laughs> right? I, I'd, 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 be actually, I'd be I'd be into that. I'm not gonna. Or lie. Black Phillip. That's who right. should have had the witch autograph. Yeah, like a black a Black Phillip hoof print would be amazing. Black Phillip. Uh, all right. And kebabs. Second. If we're being honest. Right. Oh Jesus! He, he no, he's. I, I read about. He's, him. he's retired. Is he's he? retired. Yeah, he's living on a farm he's retired somewhere. From I think he can. <laughs> no, he's in, he's in Carolina. I think now the farm's in oh, Canada, it, it? but okay. the, the I think Black Phillip went to the U.S. All right, round one nice. zero across the board. <laughs> we yeah, are motivated. Yeah, we're recording early. Or, yeah. All right, number two. Thanksgiving is the third of the mock trailers from Grindhouse. Can you name the other two Marvel trailers? With the shotgun, yes, and uh, machete. Correct. Job. But there, there's more than two. I thought there's more, way more than two. Five, there's yeah, uh, the, the werewolf of the SS. Yeah, there there's because the werewolf women of the Blame. SS. So you know. Anyway, I named sorry. Two. Name two. I didn't Can you name two of the five. Blame code. Fucking Joe. Explain <laughs> it. All right. I'm just uh, reading the, the questions here. This one's two of a softball, Cody. It's no one will save you related. So I will audible hmm. and do my uh, black and white film of the year on New Year's Eve every year. Watch another one, Wolfman, last night. What is the name of the castle that Larry Hobbit goes back to? Castle? You are correct, Steve. Yep. Oh, Steve, run away with it now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Collusion, Joe. Hold on. Sidebar. Right. Second one <laughs> from Kayla. Kayla. What was on young Adelaide's t shirt in the carnival scene in the movie Us? Michael Jackson Thriller. Correct. Good job. Well, I answered that. Anything Jordan Peele related, I'm probably going to get because <laughs> right. Sam makes me watch them like 50 million times. <laughs> like a clockwork orange when he's watching them with his eyes open. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. All right. Final round of questions. Final for round. You. Oh, boy. All right. This is a tough one. I don't think anyone's going to get it, but I'm going to say it because Cody sent this one in. What does Megan stand for? Of course, our robot. Oh Megan. fuck! We 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 had this trivia question a long time ago. Modular, but... ergonomic. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's modular three. Uh, something something nomenclature. That kind of <laughs> no, like robot. genetic. You're on the right Android track. You guys are on the right track. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, I, I don't fucking nuisance. remember. Yeah. It's in Todd's you guys are pretty close. Titanium uh, <laughs> dance machine. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. All right. Correct answer. You guys are close. The correct answer is Model 3 Generative Android. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm mathematically limited. Oh, the title is gone. The title has fallen. <laughs> but even Tom Brady has to retire sometime. So. That's right. That's right. All right. He said name two, but I'm going to make you name three since you guys are down in the wire. Ooh, name three actors. So you have to name their, I want first and last names. Name three actors to appear in every movie in the Insidious franchise. Patrick Wilson, R- Rose Byrne, and um, oh, fuck, what's this guy? Did Ty Simpson. Or Did I say every movie in the Insidious franchise? Well, yeah. You did. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're incorrect, Steve. Okay. Okay, I'm going to name three uh, actors. Two Imperial, so, every single movie of Insidious. Insidious, uh, Lynn Shea. Okay. Correct. Lee Winnell. Correct. And, um, can't remember the other dude's the name. The other dude's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah. Last that, three I think those so. are the only three. I think those are the only three, though, right? Actors. I think so. Yes, yeah. you're correct, but he's got a. Yeah. He was in The Walking Dead. I, I, I can't. 
Wasn't he in Walking Dead? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was. I just watch. He's he's in a show Sam watches too. That um, uh, the Lincoln lawyer. He's in that too. I don't know if anyone watches that, but I don't know his name. Final though. call. I, okay. First yeah. two correct. The last one is Angus Sampson. Angus. Yeah, I never would have got that. Who mm-hmm. is Specs or the other one? Uh, Tucker. Isn't it? No, he's Tucker. Yeah. Tucker. Specs is the leading one L, right? Right. Right, yeah. Final, final question of the year. Final question. In the Amityville Horror, what was the name of the little girl's red-eyed rodent friend? Uh, Mousy. What was the name of the rodent? Yeah. In the original Amityville Horror. Correct. Yeah. Not not I'm not uh, Death Toilet. I mean, <laughs> or uh... Mickey Mouse. That could be the Ryan Reynolds. That's true. Um. Mouse. Final answer. Ben. Wrong. Benjamin. No, the answer was Jody. Jody. Well, yeah, she plays with it quite a bit. So, Steve with the big night two, which brings him up to 84. Joe with the one, brings him up to 82. Me with the goose egg, which are new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're pulling a Todd for the last four years. <laughs> our, our, <laughs> our new 2023 MVP champion. Of the Super Bowl of Trivia Horror Squad podcast. It's Steve with 84. Yeah. We, we all have, have a title now, I think. You don't have a fucking won. title? <laughs> what title you have? I never won. You have. No. I thought we won. I thought I won one year. Oh, wait, wait, Todd wait. was, uh, yeah, he's been undefeated. No? Since. Okay. Undefeated, baby. All right. Sure. Chief. You, you won a quarter in... once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you get to, oh, and then Steve, the commanding performance, quarter four, 25 to Joe's 19 to my 18. So. Really pulled it together in quarter four, Steve. To I know, snatch it. <laughs> I mean, to come back, mm-hmm. he was. That was yeah. a COVID year for Steve. Oh yeah, twice actually. Yeah, so two, year, right? two punishments. Oh boy, I already know what they are. I have so, fucking like, two you, other punishments to do. Would you guys like to know? Sure. Yeah. So uh, we just had a movie night of these two, oh, and yeah. I figure you need guys need to watch these. Uh, so Shingles the movie Shingles. and Karis Hell three. So those are I'm the okay two. with Carousel three. Honestly, you'll be okay with <laughs> yeah. most, mostly both. Singles too. Oh, yeah. the same director. Same director. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's one. So Shingles is an anthology. There's one that I want particularly. You want to watch Todd? I think you'll like it. Okay. Question: Do I need to watch Carousel two? Or I jump into Carousel three. I mean, I have not watched Carousel. You should because, like, they introduce a new character in two that kind of plays heavily into three. Right. But... Yeah. I... Yeah. We'll see. I don't think you're they're short. They're like an hour. So no. <laughs> okay. So I have four fucking punishments to watch. Damn. That's ridiculous. <laughs> All by me. All I'm, by having, fucking... I'm having quite the month. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, 2024. New champion. And that's yeah. right. All right. Thank you, everyone, for sending in the trivia questions. And yeah, we'll see what next year brings. Who will be Steve? Will he hold on to his trophy? Or will a new champion be crowned in 2024? It was close, though. This was a good trivia year. Very close. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Todd, you have to stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, because there is quite a lot of storylines for next year. Todd (laughs) wanting to reclaim that trophy. Joe going for his first. And Steve trying to retain. So it'll be a lot of drama. A lot of drama next year. All right. The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. 2023, a year for horror. Was it a good year? Was it a great year? Was it a bad year? 
We are going to discuss it all right here, right now for you. All right, so let's start off with the bad side of 2023. Top five disappointments or worst movies of the year. We leave that open-ended, you know, however we want to do that. So uh, who wants to start off? Any Anyone? I'll do it. I, I have four terrible films and one good film, but a disappointment because I had high hopes for it. So I'll start off with my still a good film, but a disappointment. And that's Knock at the Cabin. Uh, I had a lot of high hopes for it because the book was amazing. But the book, uh, the movie kind of like it was a miss for me, like really good acting, solid story. But I wanted them to go a little bit further with it. So still, still a solid three out of five, but overall disappointment. Now, my fourth, four worst films of the year coming to number four. It's Cocaine Bear. I better not see this on the top 10. I better not because it's not a good movie. The fucking direction is terrible. The comedy is awful. Ray Liotta's last film, May He Rest in Peace. I feel bad that it's his last film. Cocaine Bear sucks. Number three, Kill Her Goats. There's no fucking goats in it. There's one goat in it. But the title says goats, plural. Nope, there's one. Kane Hodder's in it? Oh, sure, for two minutes. Number two, The Welder. If you're going to have a low-budget horror film, just do low-budget horror stuff. Give me some gore. Give me some cool killing shit. But I don't want to hear your political message because your actors aren't good enough to pull it off. So The Welder, terrible. Number one, worst film of the year is a little uh, Mexican, well, American film, but set in Mexico. And it's a little, little, uh, little shark film called The Black Demon. It's awful. Uh, the, de- uh, the shark makes you hallucinate. What the fuck are we doing here? I don't get it. The guy leaves his family with like, these fucking weirdos at a bar. What are you fucking doing, you dumb motherfucker? Black Demon is terrible. I want everyone to watch it, though, to see how awful it is. Those are my four worst and one disappointment of the year. All righty. All right, I'll go next. I have a mixture of disappointments and worst, mainly disappointments, though, for me. But I'm going to start off with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I was actually really expecting this to be like a really fun B-style movie, but ultimately I was left disappointed like it just was very bland generic and the kills weren't even good the best part of the movie was the intro that was like storyboard and that's what i think we should have got out of the entire movie so yeah winnie the pooh blood honey i have hope maybe the sequel will be better with a bigger budget so we'll see all right coming in at number four the nun two you know it wasn't a terrible movie but i just feel like there's just so much potential with that character and it hasn't been met in either of these Nun movies yet, and I hope it can, maybe in a future installment. But she was her best in the Conjuring movie, but the her standalone movies just haven't been great. Coming in at number three, Insidious The Red Door. I love the Insidious franchise, but I found this one to be the weakest of the entire franchise. It was great to see, obviously, like the original cast back, but it was just a miss for me overall just we didn't get enough further and when we did go into the further it just felt smaller than it ever did before so that was a huge disappointment for me coming in at number two i'm cheating a little bit here but the two worst movies of the year and they were very similar in some ways and that is the outwaters and skin of both sort of found footage style different in their own ways but both just nonsensical in their own rights and Movies that went on with long shots for just way too fucking long, and they were both just absolute chores. 
to get through. And then number one, my biggest disappointment of the year, The Exorcist Believer. I love The Exorcist franchise. Exorcist is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And this was just a huge drop of the ball. You know, we weren't surprised, obviously, because we knew after what David Gordon Green did with Halloween. But the trailers, I thought, looked great. And I started getting really excited for it. But then, you know, you go back and listen to our review on it. But just what they did to the legacy characters in that in the movie and stuff, I just felt it was like a whole slap in the face to the franchise. So that is, yeah, my biggest disappointment of the year. All right. My five disappointments are all disappointments because I, I don't like to like mention kind of indie films because they at least try something, you know, like a uh, skin Marink is maybe the worst film I've ever seen in my life, but I'm at least they tried something new, you know, I'll give them respect for that. So they're all Hollywood films at number five. I have pet cemetery bloodlines. You know, if you put pet cemetery on the title of something, I'm at least expecting it to be fun and zombies and, a pet cemetery that you see more in like five minutes. And this one was just, it was weird, man. It just didn't do anything. Like uh, we reviewed it last week and I've already forgotten probably half the movie. You know, it's just not special at all. And that's a disappointment. At number four, I have Megan. I thought it looked really fun and I thought it could have done a lot of really cool stuff with it, but they just didn't. It was a little too generic in my opinion. I just feel like they could have gone further with that character and they didn't. So that's why it's a disappointment. Number three, VHS 85. I really like the last few VHS films, and usually they at least have some segments that I really like, and maybe some that I don't like as much. There's not a lot of VHS 85 that I actually liked, and it was a bummer because I, I like stuff from the 80s, so I thought it would be at least fun to watch, and it, it really wasn't, so that's a big disappointment. Number two, motherfucker. Uh, so I went back and listened to the 2022 top of the year list, and I had two most anticipated films for 2023. I had Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife sequel, which didn't end up coming out, and I had Cocaine Bear as like a dark horse, you know, one. And holy fuck, it just wasn't good. I, I didn't have any fun with this. It was like a try hard, you know, it's a movie that tried to be one of those like indie kind of so bad they're, they're good movies and they tried too hard. And I, I just didn't get any enjoyment out of it. Number one, though, I agree with Joe, Exorcist Believer. I think this is David Gorgreed's third year in a row <laughs> after my top spot. He just, god damn, he just has no respect for what came before. I mean, other than the first Halloween he did, which I thought was pretty good, he's just on a bad tear. And this was just, oh, god, the stuff they did in this was just not good. And it could have been good. You know, the, the house at Halloween Horror Nights was really good. But this movie huge disappointment so that's why it's my number one and i forgot about yeah. exorcist it would have been my number one as well yeah Sheesh. i you know i didn't even <laughs> i didn't even rate it on letterbox it's like one of the only movies i did but i still remembered it like because like when we were doing disappointments i was like oh god fuck that movie all right well i think we've done enough with the negatives so now let's get into the positives of 2023 and let's start off of course with each of our individual lists. And we'll start off with honorable mentions. All right, so let's start off with honorable mentions for 2023 before we get into our top 10 lists. I'll start us off. Uh, number one honorable mention, Hell House LLC Origins. 
the Carmichael Manor, I believe is the actual title of this one. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I really dug this one. I've I really enjoyed the first Hell House Hell House Hell House LLC, but I felt like the sequels weren't very good. But I felt like this was a a really good return to form for the franchise. I think definitely the best since the original. So I would definitely recommend checking that one out. Uh, my second honorable mention is one of Steve's disappointments, actually. Megan. I actually really enjoyed Megan a lot more than I thought I was going to. It was also the first movie I think we reviewed in 2023. It was an early release. Usually January is always known as the dumping ground for horror movies, where studios just dump out, like, dog shit horror movies. We'll see how Night Swim does uh, this year. That will be the first 2024 horror movie. But yeah, Megan surprised me. I think there was a, a lot of great human aspect with the characters with the the young girl and um the aunt character as well can't remember either actress's name so my apologies but i thought there was a great back and forth with them and megan ruled like i just fucking loved that character i thought she was great every time she was on screen i was always captivated by her could they have gone a little further and stuff absolutely but for uh you know a movie like this i thought it was it was pretty damn good and i'm excited for um, the sequel. And then my last honorable mention is Husera the Bone Woman. This movie I didn't know a lot about. It just popped up and I decided to watch it. And it was pretty damn good. There's, you know, a lot of sort of deep meanings here, especially like, you know, if you're a woman and have ever dealt with pregnancy or anything like that i think this is a movie that definitely is, would hit a nerve with you but really goes deep into postpartum depression but with this sort of fucking creepy bone woman character i think it's one of the creepiest movies honestly of the year there's some really great sound design in this movie as well with the bone cracking and whatnot so yeah it's a good one i think one probably not a lot of people have seen so I definitely recommend uh, checking that one out if you haven't. All righty, I got three here. Number one is Voyage of Deme uh, the Demeter. Uh, such a cool source material from Dracula, the book, my favorite part of the book. And man, you got this monster, this creature stuck on this old fucking boat. There's no escape and you're on the water. Like, what are you going to do? But overall, it was a miss, man. Way too long and just a lot of stuff just wasn't fun. Next up is Pope's Exorcist. Russell Crowe is a delight in that movie. I uh, had a lot of fun with it. But, I mean, it was better than, than uh, fucking, what's it called? Exorcist. Um, but it was just definitely missing some stuff. But I would love for him to have another another movie come out. That'd be awesome. And lastly is Renfield. I really like Nicholas Holt. I think he's a great actor. And then obviously Nick Cage's Dracula is fucking flawless. But it did kind of lose steam there with like the whole mob angle of Ralphio, whatever fucking Parks and Rec, being like some fucking mafia head boss kid or whatever fuck it was. Still a lot of fun. I really like Nicholas Holt, like I said, eating bugs and shit and having superpowers and stuff like that, but I also didn't like his sidekick police officer character. I thought she was a little bit wasted, so those are my honorable mentions. Alright, uh, my three honorable mentions. First one is Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. This was a fun movie to watch, and it introduced me to the character of Onyx the Fortuitous, played by Andrew Bowser. 
uh, one of my favorite interviews of the year as well. Just a really cool guy. I mean, he's been doing this character for years. If you go on YouTube, like he's been doing this, he's kind of like this guy, he's this awkward nerd that just goes to like weird places and gets interviewed by like the news media and stuff, but he's playing his character and it's really fucking funny. And it's funny how, cause I didn't really know this character before and I fucking hated him for the first half hour. And after that, I was just like, oh, man, I can't wait for him to be back on screen because he just has this charm to him that's endearing. And yeah, I, I just this was a fun movie, like not a top movie, which is why it's in my honorable mentions. But I think it's worth checking out. My next one is The Haunted Mansion. I did not think this would be good at, at all. You know, it, it the trailers didn't do it for me. I'm obviously a huge fan of this franchise, and I really had fun watching it. I've seen it twice this year, and I had a good time both times. They did a great job of capturing the attraction, and yeah, I think it was uh, it was surprisingly a success, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And my last one is the one that would essentially be my number 11 of the year. Just, just missed out. I was between this and what my n number 10 is, and I really wasn't sure, but it's No One Will Save You. You know, I, we don't get enough alien horror, and this one was good. Like, the aliens were both scary, but at the same time, you kind of felt bad for them. And th that mix was just really interesting. Uh, you know, this movie's kind of known for not having, like, much dialogue or any at all. And I think it worked for this film, because why the fuck would she be talking? She was in the house alone, being chased by these aliens, you know, so it didn't make sense. The only reason it's off my top ten is I didn't like the ending. And to me, that kind of hurt the movie considerably so still definitely one people need to watch and my number one honorable mention all righty very good very good some good ones in there so let's get into it then gentlemen our top 10 of 2023 we will go round robin style for our top 10s so i'll start us off with my number 10 horror movie of 2023 and that is scream six I really disliked Scream 5. So heading into Scream 6, I had extremely low expectations, but I thought they did a great job bringing this franchise back to life. Uh, moving it into New York City was a great choice with some extremely memorable scenes, especially, of course, the bodega scene. But of course, the subway scene, I think, is the one that stands out the most for everybody. It's a bummer that this friend it's not going to continue you know the story's not going to continue now after everything that happened with uh you know jenna ortega leaving and um our main actress you know getting fired so where is the franchise gonna go from here we don't really know but yeah scream six a great entry into the scream franchise my one of my favorites honestly in the entire franchise so that is why it is my number 10 all right, number 10 used to be my number two, but the more I thought about this actress that I don't really like, the further it fell, and that's Infinity Pool. Alexander Skarsgård, he just plays a good fish out of water. He goes to this, like, resort town, and he's brought into this group of fucking weirdos led by Mia Goth. I just, the more I see her, the less I like her, honestly. I'm looking forward to um, her third installment with Pearl, whatever the fuck it's called, Maxine. But man, her fucking fake-ass accent in this movie just grating on my soul. But overall, I think it's really cool. It goes in uh, some fun directions that I didn't expect coming. Um, it's got some solid gore bits in there, and it was still pretty solid. So number 10, Infinity Pool. My number 10 is Mad Heidi. So this one stars Casper Van Dien and Alice Lucy. Uh, the only reason I watched it is because we had a potential of having an interview with Casper Van Dien, and I couldn't 
pass that up and it was fun like it's a really ridiculous plot line you know the president or prime minister or whatever they call him of uh, switzerland trying to protect some cheese played by casper van Dien with like a horrible accent but it works totally for this movie and it was a fucking bloody gore fest at times and quite funny at other times and i don't hear anyone talking about this one i I don't know if people consider a 2024 film at this point because it hasn't really released anywhere other than vod but i enjoy the hell out of it people should check it out that is mad heidi at number 10 all righty coming in at number nine for me is eli roth's thanksgiving yeah i mean we waited a long time for this movie to get released it finally did and for the most part i think it lived up to the hype you know there were some i think it didn't go far enough at the end but it's still extremely fun movie it's a great slasher john carver has a pretty cool look to him especially like when you get to the burn mask aspect and stuff like that but there the the kills were there were some excellent kills in here i think it's the birth hopefully of we don't have a lot of great thanksgiving horror so i think this is the birth of a potentially great um slasher franchise centered around the thanksgiving holiday so yeah i'm excited to see where where they go from here so yeah thanksgiving number nine all righty my number nine is saw x what's not my favorite series by far but I really enjoy seeing Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith. She's a babe. And I like that they went in a different direction, too. At times, it didn't really necessarily work for me the way the way they went with it. But overall, it's still a Saw movie. still has cool traps, which is going to lead to my best kill of the year later on when we talk about that. And um, like I said, Tobin Bell is a delight. It's always fun to see the Jigsaw Killer in action. Also, it also has a really cool moment at the end, too, where we see the bathroom scene again. We see Hoffman and the guy that pretty much launched this movie into the plot. You know, the gentleman that says he was cured of cancer, he gets this comeuppance too, and it's a really awesome scene. So that's Saw X at number nine. Awesome. My number nine is Blood. So Blood is the story of a uh, a kid, and he gets attacked by a dog, and he's losing a lot of blood, obviously. And then he has, like, this weird disease that his mom feels is the only one who can cure it by give him, giving him the specific type of blood. But she's, you know, the hospital wasn't going to give anymore. So she kind of brings them home and starts stealing the blood. But then that becomes too risky. So she starts getting her own blood. And then other people come into play. And it's it's a fucking good movie. And I think it's a slow burn. But it ends up in a place that I thought was really interesting and really cool. I, I just think it's a, it's just like a solid, heavy horror film. Like, not everyone will enjoy this one. But I thought it was really good. So that's uh, Blood at number nine. Alrighty. Coming in at number eight for me is Taz number nine, Saw X. Yeah, I mean, when you get a 10th movie in the franchise, you're not expecting much out of it, but they did a fantastic job with Saw X. Um, I feel like the franchise was kind of in sort of no man's land. They didn't know what to do with it anymore. And bring Tobin Bell back was the absolute right choice here. And I think they realized he is Saw. And without him, the movies just don't work as well. He gives absolutely amazing performance here. He definitely carries this movie on his back. With And, you know, it did. The reason it's not higher is I do, do feel like it lost a little steam in the third act. But the first half of this movie, just with all Tobin Bell mainly, was was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. And it's great to see, you know, the Saw franchise kind of getting a breath of fresh air. So I'm excited to see where they go with Saw 11. But yeah, Saw X, my number eight. 
All right, number eight for me is from Argentina, When Evil Lurks. I really appreciated their new take on possession. Like, they kind of make the victims, like, bloated and, like, I don't know. It, it was just a cool universe to to be thrust into. Although I do agree with you guys saying I wish we had more backstory to kind of know what was going on a little bit easier. But the reason I rated it so high was, was because the the gore and the violence comes out of absolutely nowhere. Like, you get a girl that just hits herself in the face with an axe out of fucking nowhere you get a, a brutal dog mauling you get car crashes you get all the sorts of stuff that you're just like gosh damn where the fuck did like tonally it just it, it just gets thrown at you and it hits you off guard which i really appreciate and always uh, happy to see something else from a different country so when evil lurks in it number eight my number eight is infinity pool i'll be honest so i put this one pretty early on in the year and I did not remember anything about it. I had to watch the trailer to remind myself what this movie was about. And that's a, that's why it's, I think, lower in my list. Because if it's not memorable, like all the other ones, I didn't have this problem. But this is what I did. But after watching a trailer, I reminded myself. And it was a very good film. Like, it was unexpected. Uh, great performances, mostly. <laughs> I think uh, Todd kind of hit the, you know, the nail on the head there. It's just Mia Goth's performance isn't my favorite in this one. Uh, yeah, Jamesy boy. <laughs> I, I just fucking can't. Uh, but it is a very interesting film. It goes in places that you wouldn't expect. And I think it's one people need to watch. So Infinity Pool at number eight. All righty. Coming in at, at number seven for me is No One Will Save You. This is this one was like one I didn't know a lot about, but I kept seeing a lot of people recommending it. And this one was a treat for me. It's such a cool take on, you know, alien the alien subgenre with little to no dialogue at all to do so to do that in a movie it takes a lot of guts and you know to hold to be able to hold someone's attention for an entire movie with with no dialogue is a feat and the actress gave an absolutely amazing performance here the aliens looked cool and yeah i mean the this one I just kept thinking about for, you know, when I, I didn't love the ending, but I could not get the movie out of my head for a long time. And it wasn't going to make my top 10, but I just kept thinking about it. And that says a lot for me. So that is why it is my number seven. All right. number seven for me is Talk to Me, where you can talk to ghosts by gripping this haunted hand kind of thing which is an amazing premise man the setup is really cool and the first time we see a ghost it's like it's not meant to be like a terrifying scene but it is fucking freaky like you see that split second holy shit like it's fucking real so i i you know i enjoyed a lot of it that being said though i think it loses steam towards the end there and it kind of rehashes what it already said but still solid movie all around and that's talk to me at number seven my number seven, I think I'm the only one who probably put on the list. So this one's unique to me, I guess. It is a Japanese film by the name of ZOM 100 Bucket List of the Dead. So this is based on an anime and it's basically a guy he uh, the zombie apocalypse happens he's a student and he he has a job that he fucking hates and when the ha apocalypse happens he's like happy because that means he doesn't have to go back to his job and he makes himself a bucket list of things he'd like to do before he dies and he starts kind of doing uh those things and which leads him to, into really crazy situations holy shit man they do some stuff in this that is just really crazy you'll hear about it a little bit later one one in particular that i really loved and i just had a lot of fun watching it uh, unfortunately it was a little too long but other than that i think it's a blast and not a lot of people i think have seen it 
and I would highly recommend it. Just remember that it is based off an anime film, so uh, an anime series, so it's really like over the top. And I think it might be Korean, not Japanese. Now I think about it, uh, and they've just been nailing zombies. Like they just do such a great job with the the zombie genre, and this is no exception. So at number seven, Zom One Hundred Bucket List of the Dead. And yes, I think I can confirm you are the only one to have that on on your any of the lists. So there you go. Some originality there, Steve. All right, coming in at number six for me is Infinity Pool. I think you guys both already talked about it. So yeah, I mean, I, I thought this one was great. Uh, it was one we watched early in the year, February. I think it, it was when it was released. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, is, is crazy because like it starts off pretty like sort of, you know, formulaic, but then it takes you on like this really crazy sort of acid trip in the second half. You know, it's Brandon Cronenberg, obviously. So, you know, David Cronenberg's son. So you kind of know what you're getting into if you, you know, if you know Cronenberg films. I mean, yeah, Skarsgård gives a, a fantastic performance here. I don't mind Mia Goth in this. I think she plays crazy good. Um, So I, I definitely, my only issue with it is, is I think it could have been tightened up a bit. It's almost two hours long, and the runtime you start to feel it a little bit towards the end. But it's it's a it's a wild story. It's really cool. The twist, you know, I really didn't see coming. And then when you know it does, you're kind of like, oh shit, that's pretty wild. So yeah, it's one I definitely remembered throughout the entire year. So that's Infinity Pool at number six. All right, number six for me, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Man, the kills are fucking on point. I really like a, a a nice new slasher film that isn't a remake or sequel or something like that. But yeah, the problems we had with it when we were discussing it are still there. Like the killer is like, really? Some of the victims magically being alive still for no reason, like doesn't make any sense. Like why are they keeping them alive at the dinner table, stuff like that. But man, like I said, going back to those kills, fucking excellent. I really like when he cooked that chick alive, when the one got caught in the uh, the trash can outside and got cut in half. Really super cool. Not as good as the trailer was, but hopefully with part two, he kicks it up a notch. And I'm telling you, there's two fucking killers in this universe. I'm calling it Thanksgiving number six. All right. Uh, my number six is Cobweb. So this is a story of a, a boy who hears voices in his walls, and he's got parents who seem to be questionable, and there's a lot of weird things that start happening. It's set around Halloween, which is really awesome. And Anthony Starr as the father, which... Honestly, I still see him as Homelander. It like, doesn't matter what he's in, but uh, it's just, I think this is maybe one of the scariest films of the year, and I just really enjoyed it for that because you'll see with a lot of my list and a lot of the stuff I watched this year, not a lot of stuff was like scary. A lot of it was either gore or slasher or you know, you had zombies and stuff like that, but scary, there weren't many, and Cobweb kind of stood out in that way. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, that's why it's my number six. Alrighty, gentlemen, finish the bottom five. So let's get into our top five horror movies of the year. Coming in at number five is a movie I just watched yesterday, and that is Godzilla Minus One. I only watched it on the advice of Steve to check it out, and I did see it making a lot of, you know, uh, horror lists for 2023, so I wanted to give it a try. Uh, I was questioning whether it was going to be horror enough, but after watching it, I definitely think it is a horror movie in a lot of ways. Godzilla is, I mean, this is easily one of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen. The Godzilla has never been more, I think, menacing on screen here. He's just pure fucking just like scary and just 
evil in this one. He does not fuck around. But honestly, the best part of this movie is the human aspect of it. The story is the characters and the storyline is great. You know, it can be a little generic at times. Sure. And there were some plot points, I think, that were a little too convenient. However, in most Godzilla movies, the human characters don't matter at all. And in this one, they matter a lot. So I thought it was fantastic. Probably my favorite Godzilla movie. I mean, I'm not a big Godzilla person in general, but man, this one blew me away. Um, and that's why it's my uh, number five of the year. I'm excited to watch that one, honestly. All right. My number five is a wreck from you guys, and it's Mad Heidi, which was uh, you already talked about it. Switzerland, Evil Cheese, Johnny Rico, a guy named fucking Goat Peter. Justice for Goat Peter, man. He got the raw end of the deal in this movie. But yeah, I, I, I describe it as a re- more ridiculous and stupid Kill Bill. Heidi goes after the fucking the, the prime minister of Switzerland, who's a cheese lord. And it's just fucking funny, man. It's really ridiculous. It's out there. You're going to have a good time with it if you just sit there and watch. So Mad Heidi and a number five. At my number five, we have Talk to Me, which, of course, we reviewed on the uh on the show you know i just said it with cobweb not a whole lot of scary uh movies this year and this is kind of the other one I, that i thought was pretty scary and i i enjoyed it for that you know I, I actually had it higher after my first viewing but then we watched it again for my second viewing and that's where it kind of lowered a little bit but still very good movie some good scares some great moments and not very a24 like you know it's uh it was surprising to see him kind of go in this direction, and I enjoy it. Like I like their stuff too, but it was nice to see that they have more range, I guess, than people expect. And it's nice to see an A twenty four movie kind of make people's top of the list. So I think could even be number one, honestly. So yeah, talk to me, my number five. All right, coming in at number four for me is when evil lurks. This one, like after I first watched it, I was like, oh yeah, that was like really good, but I had some issues with it. But then, like, I just, this, this is another one I, I think I, I mentioned with No One Will Save You. I just couldn't stop thinking about it after watching it. There's just so, this movie has such a sense of dread. It reminded me of The Dark and the Wicked in a lot of ways, where, like, it almost feels like there's something, like, evil in the film, you know, like, you know, like in each like piece of film uh, while you're watching it, you know, it just has such a sinister feel to it. And I mean, it's, it's a heavy movie. It's, there's no real uh, happiness uh, at all throughout it. Some of the most memorable scenes of the entire year for me, the dog mauling scene is fucking brutal and the the axe scene is, is crazy. Yeah, uh, this one, just the more and more I thought about it, the higher and higher it went up on my list. And that's why it's my number four of the year. All right. My number four is No One Will Save You. And yeah, you guys mentioned it already. Aliens invading this young girl um, lives by herself in the middle of the woods in a town that hates her. I, honestly, I wish we would have covered this one. I should have watched it sooner and we should have talked about it because it's a lot to talk about and i for one i love the ending i, I think it goes one of two ways either yeah we don't need to get into it what my my theory is but i like the ending for what i think it means so no one will save you just go in and watch it make sure the lights are off uh, make sure you don't have distractions make sure like the fucking washing machine or the dishwasher is not running the girl's performance in it is phenomenal if it was a bad performance this movie would have sucked but she she nails it and takes it home so that's number four no one will save you my number four is Candyland. So this is a movie I watched very early in the year. 
and uh, I kind of wish I rewatched it. Maybe it would have been higher, but I'm just going based off memory. And it was really good. That's uh, a story about prostitutes uh, who work at a uh, trucker station between three conservative states, and you know they're kind of taking money from uh, truckers mostly. And uh, there's this religious kind of group that is going after them, and then all of a sudden they start getting killed, and it becomes a who done it. And they have just such a great chemistry in this movie like the um you know the sex workers they they kind of all like together and they live in this you know motel next door and you could really feel kind of what they're going through great performances all around some really surprising moments as well uh you have the guy and i forget his name he was one of my top actors of the year he was also an ex last year. He played the uh, the cameraman and he was just so good because he was being taken advantage of by the sheriff and it was just the whole story. And honestly, people need to check this one out. I mean, it's free on Tubi. I have no excuse not to. Uh, one of the top movies of the year. So that's Candyland at number four. All righty. Very good. So let's get into it then. Our top three horror movies of 2023. Coming in at number three for me is Evil Dead Rise. The Evil Dead franchise, man, they just, they cannot uh, lose. Uh, every single entry into this franchise has been fantastic, and Evil Dead Rise continues on with that trend. This one aligned more sort of with the 2013 remake here. Probably one of my favorite intros of the entire year. The intro to this movie was fucking awesome. And honestly, it it continued on that trend throughout the entire movie. One of my favorite performances of the year from uh, Alyssa Th Sutherland as the possessed mother. Um, but also the other girl in this is, is fantastic as well. Our, our sort of final girl heroine. So yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see, you know, where this franchise goes next. But yeah, you will arise. Awesome. And that is my number three. All right. Number three for me is Cobweb, man. I really like the fucking creature. Little spider head thing living in the fucking wood, uh, in the attic, like Hugo from Treehouse of Terror, South Park, uh, not South Park, uh, The Simpsons. Yeah, Homelander, definitely. He's Homelander permanently now. But yeah, one of the scariest scenes of this year, in my opinion, which we'll talk about when we do our top 10. But my gosh, Cobweb, I absolutely love this film. I love the lore. I love the uh, the neighborhood, the the hidden little creature, like I said, the acting, the scares. It was all solid. So Cobweb and in number three. My number three, we have When Evil Lurks. Holy shit. Like, I just, after watching this movie, I couldn't stop thinking about it. There's just so many jarring moments and so many, like, epic moments that you don't see coming. You know, you guys both talked about it, I think, at this point, and it's just... It was just really good. You know, it's just unfortunate that the third act doesn't have the same pace as the first two, because if they, if it did, it could have been easily a number one film. And I, but I still really enjoyed it. You know, it took a genre that is really overused and did some really unique stuff with it. And I just, wow, I, I couldn't believe my, like my jaw was on the floor after watching, uh, you know, especially the early scenes in that movie. So yeah, it made a huge impact on me this year. So that's why it's my number three. Alrighty, coming in at number two for me is Candyland. Yeah, it was one of the first horror movies I watched in 2023, and I instantly knew it was going to be one of my favorites of 2023. I love religious, you know, cult horror, so it was already like right up my alley. But honestly, it's the character building in this movie that really makes it stick out. 
the chemistry between all of the prostitute characters was great. Like you actually cared about them and their fates. Excellent cinematography throughout the whole movie as well. It does have sort of a sleazy sort of feel to it as well. So, you know, it might not be for everyone, but I fucking loved it. And, you know, I'm Todd and Steve. I'm, I know loved it. It's a movie we championed, honestly, all year. And, it, you know, I think after most people watch it, they'll understand why. So Candyland, number two for me. And we have our first tie. Candyland, number two for me as well. For all the reasons mentioned, the just the group dyma- dynamic was 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 fantastic, and the male prostitute definitely took it away. Like his, he just played a vulnerability that was really nice. And then, man, it's got this scene that's just fucking gross when the the preacher pulls his teeth out. I'll leave it at that. It's fucking disgusting. Candyland is awesome. I didn't even know it was for free on Tubi until Steve said that. So go over to Tubi, watch Candyland. I think you'll definitely like it. All right. Uh, my number two is Evil Dead Rise. You know, Evil Dead, maybe the best franchise in horror. Uh, not a single bad film in in the series, which is fucking crazy when you think about it. And this one is no exception. Uh, I, I even say this is maybe one of the weakest Evil Deads, which is not an insult because the series is so fucking good. And, you know, obviously it's at my number two, so I think highly of it. And I, I watched this movie in the theater, and to be honest, I wasn't in the best like frame of mind that day i you know we had just learned some really bad news kind of that morning which kind of didn't help (laughs) the showing but despite that i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it's got some great performances some great deadites and some really crazy moments you know right up to the end so i thought this was a fantastic film so that's why it's my number two evil did rise all righty moment of truth everyone our number one horror movies of 2023. And for me, you knew I would do an A24 movie, guys. And number one for me is Talk To Me. Yeah, I mean, I think it made both of your lists, right? I think somewhere or the other. But I just loved Talk To Me so much. It just has such, I think probably the scariest movie of the year for me. Um, There were some genuinely really scary moments. I loved it. It was a very fresh take on sort of the Ouija themed horror movie too. using the hand. I thought was a great, you know, thing rather than using a Ouija board and just seeing all of these sort of, you know, uh, spirits and sort of demons. Maybe the scariest scene of the entire movie is literally only 10 seconds long, but that, you know, look into sort of uh, hell or whatever it is there is just image that was just burned in my brain after watching it. The scene with the brother when he gets possessed and fucking starts bashing his head up like that was fucking crazy. I loved this one so much. I love, I can't wait to see honestly a sequel because I hope they go a little more into sort of the lore and maybe backstory of it. I don't think it's necessary, but I think it could be a really interesting to see where they go with this. So yeah, talk to me. My number one horror movie of 2023. All right, my number one, Skinamarink. Coming in, I'm just kidding. Number one is Evil Dead Rise. Ah, man. Like, yeah, Steve mentioned, it's, the, in my opinion too, the weakest Evil Dead film, but it's still four and a half out of five or four out of five, whatever I gave it. So it's so fucking good. I like the new direction. I like the new characters. I just... I mean, what more do you want? Deadites wreaking havoc on screen. And it was a really cool theater experience too. Uh, especially that opening scene, like Joe mentioned, it just fucking blew me out of the water. I was hooked since uh, or since the opening fucking line. 
having the the deadites brought back via record vinyl was really cool touch a little different i like that as well and like i said it's just good movie evil dead rise number one and my number one of the year the only 10 out of 10 i've given a narrative horror film since we started the podcast for something that's new not not you know i gave some classics that but other than sam and maddie uh make a zombie movie but that was a documentary and that is godzilla minus one i love the godzilla franchise i like the kaiju like monsters so you know i went to see this when i started seeing people saying like it's amazing so i'm like oh, i have to find a way to see it before you know the year closes it was number 139 of 141 that i watched for the year and honestly it's a fucking masterpiece in my opinion godzilla is a monster in this absolutely terrifying he's the scariest he's ever been he's super fucking powerful you don't know how the hell they're gonna like defeat him it's it's amazing like it starts off the first scene is like pure horror it's at night and godzilla attacks this island with some military people and it's so fucking good but then the human story is heartbreaking and touching it deals with uh world the end of world war ii and of course japan lost you know kind of world war ii and you feel the pain of the people there that they feel betrayed by their government and their countries and ruins and our main star here was a kamikaze pilot who uh, kind of chickened out and didn't go through with it and the shame that he feels for him and his family. It, it's a great human story. And on top of that, having Godzilla kind of lurking in the background, they have a good explanation as to why no one is like dealing with it and they kind of have to deal with it themselves. Masterpiece. People should absolutely check this out, preferably in theaters because of how great the sound and the music and the score and everything is but if you can't i understand as well you know it's not playing in a ton of theaters and like in my city it's playing in one theater only at night so it was kind of a bitch to go see but you should absolutely check it out at some point so that's godzilla minus one as my number one and you got me sold man because i'm like the japanese side of world war ii especially afterwards is a really sore spot for them so that'd be really cool to see on on screen yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out soon hopefully yeah, absolutely. You should. Uh, all right, that's it. That's our our that's the list. So that's it, guys. Thanks for the show. No, I'm Later. just kidding. Bye. You know, <laughs> you know, it's time. Give me the word. For, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the ultimate list of 2023. What we do here, if you've never listened to an ultimate our ultimate episodes, what we do is we ask you guys. We ask our listeners, we ask fellow podcasters, we ask our actors, directors, some people we know, submit your lists, submit your top 10 horror movies of the year list. And what I do is I go to work and I come up with, you know, I do the math. I come up with the aggregate scores, yes, of course. And what what I do here is, so how I do it is a number one, if someone puts a movie at first place i assign it 20 points and so on and so forth so second place would get 18 points 16 points all the way down the line to a 10th uh number 10 movie would get two points so uh yeah do the math add it all up and whoever has the most points is your number one horror movie of the year so let's 
give you a little bit of info before I go into honorable mentions. We received 34 total lists this year, our biggest ever. Um, in comparison to our 2022, we received 29 lists. So thank you to those extra people. And hopefully we get bigger and bigger every year. 83 different movies received a vote this year. In comparison to 2022, 65. So a massive jump of variety this year by almost 20 movies. So that's pretty crazy. And 13 different movies received a first place vote this year. In comparison to last year, 15. So less movies, a little less variety as far as people's take on what deserved uh, a first place for this year. So, all right, let's get into it. Honorable mentions. I'm doing five. So coming in at number 15 is Megan. Megan was on six of the 34 lists, received 66 points, and peaked with two third-place votes. Coming in at number 14, Hell House LLC Origins The Carmichael Manor. That received 68 points, was on six of the 34 lists, and peaked with two third-place votes. Coming in at number 13, a movie that hasn't been mentioned yet on this podcast, and that is The Passenger. The Passenger received 78 points, was on seven of the 34 lists, and received two first-place votes. Coming in at number 12, Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool received 80 points, was on nine of the 34 lists, and peaked with three fourth-place votes. Coming in at number 11, and our last honorable mention, another movie that has not been mentioned yet on tonight's show, and that is Totally Killer. Totally Killer received 90 points, was on seven of the 34 lists, and received three third-place votes. Thoughts, gentlemen, on those honorable mentions? Uh, the Passenger. I watched The Passenger not super horror that's you know and it, it was okay you know it's the the first like 15 minutes are really good and then it got kind of slow for me but if people want to check it out it was just released that it's going to be on shutter in january so if anyone wants to check it out that'll be your chance um other than that i'm kind of surprised to see megan solo uh, to be honest i thought it would be at least in the top 10 because so many people have seen it yeah so no other surprises but those two kind of stood out all righty so let's get into it then our top 10 horror movies on tooth of 2023. Uh, the definitive list. I mean, 34 different lists. I mean, these are your top 10 horror movies of the year. Coming in at number 10 is No One Will Save You. No One Will Save You received 96 points, was on 12 of the 34 lists, and peaked with three fourth place votes. Coming in. At number nine, Godzilla minus one. Godzilla minus one was on a hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, received 116 points. Was on seven of the 34 lists and received three first place votes. Coming in at number eight, Candyland. Candyland received 146 points. Was on nine of the 30, 34 lists. 
But shout out to Candyland for first place votes on the ballot. Coming in at number seven, Cobweb. Cobweb received 148 points, was on 13 of the 34 lists, and peaked with a second place vote. Coming in at number six, Scream 6. Scream 6 received 190 points, was on 14 of the 34 lists, and a big showing for Scream as well. Four first place votes for Scream 6. Thoughts, gentlemen, before we get into our top five? I mean, I mean Godzilla, I'm not surprised. It just came out <laughs> and it's still in theaters. Right. Uh, Candyland, I'm happy to see up there, though, because I don't feel like a ton of people, although we've been talking about it a lot, so our listeners might know more about it than the casual folk. Right. And I'm a little surprised Scream is so low. I thought just because it's kind of maybe the biggest horror film of this year, like in terms of visibility, that it would be higher. Yeah, pretty good. All righty. So let's get into it. Our top five horror movies of 2023. Coming in at number five, Saw X. Saw X received 200 points, was on 20 of the 34 lists, and received one first place vote. Coming in at number four, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving received 232 points, was on 19 of the 34 ballots, and peaked with two First place votes. All right, let's do it. Top three horror movies of 2023. Coming in at number three, When Evil Lurks. When Evil Lurks received 266 points, was on 20 of the 34 ballots, and received three first place votes. Coming in at number two, Talk to Me. Talk to Me received 340 points, was on 25 of the 34 ballots. But congratulations to Talk To Me. It received the most first-place votes with seven first-place votes. Which leaves us with the number one horror movie of 2023 in pretty much an absolute runaway with 448 points, a whole 100 points above our number two movie of Talk To Me, and that is Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise was on 28 of the 34 ballots, by far the most number of ballots, and peaked with four first-place votes. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the top 10 horror movies of 2023. Any surprises there, guys? What do you think? Yeah, two thoughts. I, I'm, I'm glad Cocaine Bear isn't anywhere near that, thank, thankfully. <laughs> And then uh, for for a film like Godzilla being out for you know a small amount of time, it seems like everyone loved it because it made a lot of people's list and got in the top ten. So that just makes me want to see even even more than I do. But yeah, Cocaine Bear, I'm glad it's off. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not super surprised with the uh, the top. Uh, I, I just seeing the list that I got due to the people I know. Uh, thank you to those people. Um, I knew Talk to Me and Evil Dead Rise would probably be the top two. Uh, I'm really happy to see a foreign film at number three, though. Uh, when Evil Lurks, that's not like super often that you see that. So that's uh, all the credit to it because some people just won't watch foreign films. But yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see something like Evil When Evil Lurks to get a, a top three. Yeah, I agree. That was my biggest surprise. I think when Evil Lurks making the number three spot, like you said, Steve, just not a lot of people watch foreign horror movies, but I think it's it's a testament to how great of a movie it really was. I mean, it made all of our top tens 
and for for good reason as far as other surprises for me i mean i don't think there's really much candyland i think obviously i mean i think we championed that movie to get into the top 10 um i think without us mentioning it i don't think it would even it would have uh, scratched the surface for it but yeah other than that I, I don't think there's a lot of big surprises there i mean top five you know, besides when evil lurks, I, I mean, I think Evil Dead Rise talked to me. I mean, I had a feeling Evil Dead Rise was going to be our our number one horror movie, um, just because it was you know Evil Dead, right? Like, I mean, no, you know, no surprises there. So yeah, you know, before I guess we move on, I mean, what was your what's your take on 2023 in general? Here, I I I gotta say after actually making my top ten. I was like, you know, I, I was kind of trashing on it for the most part. I still don't think it was one of the best years for horror, but I, at the end of the day, like after making my top 10, I'm like, you know, these are all pretty solid movies. Are they as good as last year? Absolutely not. Like looking at my top 10 last year, I was like, all these movies would be in the top five this year. This is the first year I think I actually had three and a halfs on my Letterboxd that made my top 10, which has never happened before. And this year was for me a definitive top 10 where like, I was like the last couple. I was kind of like, you know, I was. There wasn't like there have been years past where my honorable mentions. I'm like, man, they should really be making my top ten. But this year, I'm like, they shouldn't. I agree. I, I I mean, I put Saw as a three, and this is the first first time I put a three on this board because it was a weak year. I think my bottom five wouldn't have made the list in any other year. Overall, I thought it was just a big miss. A couple of gems though, man, like Evil Dead. Candyland, Cobweb, all solid films. No one will save you. But I think all the other ones, if they went up against the previous years, they wouldn't have made it out. So yeah, I think 2023 is pretty shitty. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I beat my personal record of how many 2023 movies I watched this year. And it took that many movies to get a top 10 that I was happy with. You know, it's just, man, there's a lot of junk in here that I watched. And it's disappointing. You know, it just... I don't know, just a lot of stuff that wasn't good, but I'm happy with the top 10 I ended up with, you know. I'd say my top 15 were pretty good, and then after that, it started dropping off considerably. Uh, definitely one of the weakest years, but had some big standouts, you know, so I'm happy for that. Do you remember what the number one movie was from 2022? For the... Uh, that was on the, the master list. For the master list. Uh, do I even remember what 2022 is like? Probably... X or nope? It was two. X. It was X. <laughs> yep. X. X. Uh, we had 29 lists last year. X was on s seven first place votes. So mm. they tied with Talk to Me this year for the most first place votes. But Terrifier 2 was our number two harm movie last <laughs> year. That, That's yeah. right. Kind of a surprise there. Yeah. But like the looking top. at these top five. Yeah. Looking at the top five X, Terrifier 2, Barbarian, S Nope, Prey. Compared to this year's top five of Evil Dead Rise, Talk to Me, When Evil Lurks, Thanksgiving, Saw X. Yeah, I, I think I would take my top seven overall better than this year, and which leaves yeah. Terrifier 2, Hatching, and Black Phone as my three that would need to be swapped out. But yeah, I think 2022 was superior. Right. So any... Yeah. Um... Any films that stood out for you, Joe, that like that we didn't mention either? Sure, you never heard of, or that were higher, and you're like, I don't there even know why. There were several movies that I had never heard of. You know, The Passenger, I'd heard of, 
but you know for that to get so high up on the list is you know one i think i'll definitely have to check out at some point especially because it received um a couple of first place votes i will say um a couple movies that you know just missed out i guess on making the honorable mentions but had a pretty solid showing um renfield being one of them it did receive a first place vote was on six of the 34 ballots so they it made a decent showing there wrath of becky also actually making a pretty good showing it was on seven of the 34 ballots didn't get a lot of high votes but it did get one fourth place vote so wrath of becky having a pretty decent showing as well as far as movies that received first place votes that were never mentioned on here uh birth rebirth which I actually just watched um, towards the end of the year, that received a first place vote, but it was only made two of the 34 ballots. Here's a movie that was only one ballot, but it did receive a first place vote, and that is Humanist Vampire Seeking Consenting Suicidal Person. That is a mouthful of a title, ladies and gentlemen. Never heard of it. No clue. It does sit at a 3.8 on Letterboxd, so most people that have seen it apparently think very highly of it. Um, but, and this person did give it their first place vote. The only one on the ballot, though. Not a lot of love for our good friend Bo. Bo is afraid, of course, and Ari Oster. I think just a lot of people didn't think it was horror enough and maybe not enough people saw it that was one of a24's biggest losers ever that movie i think lost them like 70 million dollars or something like that it just like completely bombed in the box office this year i'll talk about it on what watch because i did watch it towards the end of this year who else anyone else let's see here i'm trying to look at other first place uh votes that were never mentioned again oh your good friend cocaine bear everyone it didn't do have a great showing. It only made, I think, four ballots, and it peaked at, uh, I think, a fifth-place vote. So there weren't a lot of people who were thinking too highly of Cocaine Bear there. Winnie the Pooh, Blood Honey, making a couple of lists as well. I will say another one that actually had a decent showing was Knock at the Cabin. I know it was one of Todd's disappointments, but that one actually just missed out on honorable mentions it would have been 16 so it it just missed out with actually a, did receive a second place vote was on six ballots as well a decent amount of love for voyage of the demeter as well that received was on six of the 34 ballots is for oh brightwood brightwood received a first place vote it was only on one ballot but it did receive a first place vote that is another one i have never heard of I mean, there's a whole bunch of random ones here. Vincent Must Die, Moon Garden, Third Saturday in October. Uh, a lot of sort of random ones I had never heard of, but were mainly on one ballot throughout these lists. So nothing that uh, really came close to making it. Five Nights at Freddy's, one we haven't really mentioned. Didn't make it on three people's lists there, so a little bit of love for that. It's a Wonderful Knife, one we completely ripped apart. Actually made it on a few people's lists, so there was some love for that as well. But yeah, I mean, I don't think really any sort of surprises here. The Blackening actually did receive a few high votes, a third place vote and a fourth place vote, but was only on a few lists. Mad Heidi. I think the two of you guys were the were were they both in your top tens? Yeah, yeah. So you were the only two. You were the only two where Mad Heidi made the list. So yeah, I was only on two of the ballots. None two. Insidious the Red Door. Insidious got more than the None Two was on four lists, but once again, not placing anything too high. Exorcist received a few votes. So 
Yeah, but overall, nothing super surprising there. Just some of the random first place votes that I had never heard of. Excellent. Awards? Yes. Yes. Let's get into it. Award season, ladies and gentlemen, is the Academy Awards for the Do we the have the people queued up to accept their awards? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we, we contacted all of them. Yeah, we got them. We're good. We got them. Very good. All right. So let's start off with uh, where are we starting? Best actor? Best yeah. actor. Hit it. All right. Best actor. For me, I'm giving it to Tobin Bell for his performance in Saw X. Like I said, he carried that movie. He was just amazing in it. Without him, it would have just been a week, another week entry into the Saw franchise. But he, I, I think his best performance in the entire Saw franchise. It's like he just absolutely killed it. So Tobin Bell, Saw X, my best actor. I never killed anybody. Same thing, fucking <laughs> Jigsaw. All right. Best <laughs> actor is from a movie that you guys both hated. And I didn't get to talk about it, but it sucked. And that's Jack Mulhern as Timmy in Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, man. I thought he was the shining spot in a terrible film like he played his little like he's a dead dude and he's rotting and he's evil i thought he fucking did very well for a pitiful movie yeah and my number one actor is also for a movie we did not mention uh, this episode and that is sean patrick flannery in nefarious he plays a an inmate that's about to be executed and he's maybe possessed by a demon we don't know if it's just his dual personality or he's actually possessed by a demon and he plays both kind of the demon side of him and the innocent like prisoner side of him really really well uh there's one particular scene where they give him like the card to get his his last meal and he he picks a cheeseburger and he's kind of like excited about it because it's the last like good thing they could get in his life but then the demon side like tells the guard he doesn't want anything so then he's like bummed out about not getting his cheeseburger and it sounds stupid but it, it i felt so fucking bad about this guy not getting his cheeseburger and the fact that he portrayed that all on his own is fantastic so sean patrick flannery nefarious all righty best actress of the year for me i'm giving it to caitlin dever for no one will save you she fucking carried that movie man like Todd said, a, a less of an actress, that movie probably would have been bad. But, I mean, she commands the screen. She's in it for pretty much 100% of the movie. And she doesn't say a word. Maybe says, like, one piece of dialogue the entire movie. And, I mean, she she was great. Fantastic. So that's Caitlin uh, Dever for No One Will Save You. Yeah, for the longest time, my best actress was Alyssa Sutherland until I saw No One Will Save You. And Caitlin Dever, like Joe just said, carried the entire film on her shoulders. She was excellent. And yeah, best actress. She was a contender for me, but I actually stayed with Alyssa Sutherland because she plays both super cool mom and super frightening deadite at the same time. And she just, her performance kind of sold that movie. So great job there. Excellent. All right, let's get into best scare of 2023. Like Steve said, there wasn't really a lot of scary like moments or movies this year. So for me, I went more disturbing and i went with the dog mall scene from when evil lurks that was just a super fucked up scene and it made my jaw drop so dog mall scene from when evil lurks best scare all right best scare comes from cobweb where the mom is in the hallway running towards our kid super effective scene in a super effective movie yeah i agree with todd you know i watch a million more movies all the time 
and I don't get scared often or I don't get any rise out of any scares. But that scene actually got like, I was like, oh, shit, that's that's scary. I love it. It was awesome. So definitely the freaky dad and mom running scene from Cobweb was the scariest scene of the year. All righty. Best kill of the year. I'm going to give it to Thanksgiving. Uh, the scene, the parade scene when the truck stops and the the boat goes through the grandfather's head it was it looked fucking awesome it was great gore and the fact like his granddaughters witnessed it made it even fucking crazier so yeah the boat kill from thanksgiving my best kill of the year yeah brutal scene i'm going with a very effective yet gruesome saw x scene where one of the characters is sawing off her own leg with the wire bone saw thing and then it flops to the ground and something about that just creeps me the hell out. So when she's self-mutilating herself, cutting off her own leg and saw X. So mine is going to be a little controversial because I think technically this will be considered a 2024 film. But I watched it like six months ago because it's only touring festivals. But because I saw it this year, I'm counting it for myself as a 2023 film. And that is The Beheading in St. Drogo. So this uh, has only been in a few festivals. We got it as part of Salem Horror Fest. And... It's fucking brutal, and I can't wait for people to see just how brutal it is once it hits uh, streaming and VOD probably this year. So yeah, Saint, the beheading in St. Drogo, my best kill of the year. It didn't make, I think, one person's list uh, this year as well. Yeah, maybe next year when it actually releases. Right. All right. Uh, next, we have biggest surprise film of 2023. I wanted to say Candyland, but I, 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 uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to give it to Megan just because I was not expecting it to be good. And I ended up really liking it. So my biggest surprise film of the year is Megan. All right. My biggest surprise of the year is because based on your guys' ratings, I'm like, all right, well, I don't think I'm going to like this one. But I ended up loving it. And that's No One Will Save You. Because I thought it was a solid all-around film, including the ending. So that's No One Will Save You. Based on our ratings, <laughs> we we all put it on our like. Well, no, no, no. I mean, when you guys were talking about it before, you're like the ending sucked. Blah, blah, oh, okay, ending. okay. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. All right. My biggest surprise film is easily the Haunted Mansion. I quite honestly thought it would suck ass, like the uh, Eddie Murphy version did, but I was quite surprised and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, you know, I saw it twice, and I'll probably watch it again this year. So, biggest surprise for sure. Alrighty, next we have most memorable moment in a horror film i'm going to give it to the intro to thanksgiving i just fucking loved it the whole sort of crazy black friday scene just the insanity and the hilarity that ensued it was just so fucking just you know balls to the wall crazy and it was one of my favorite intros of the entire year so that's um the intro to thanksgiving Alrighty, mine is also an intro, and it's an intro to Evil Dead Rise. Man, when that Deadite like rises out of the water and the title comes up behind them, holy shit, that was a, such a fucking cool moment. Love seeing that in the theater, and yeah, it's gonna stand stand out for a couple years to come because I don't see how you can beat that moment. And mine, a slight spoiler for a movie that I talked about. And that is in Psalm 100, Bucket List of the Dead. There's a, a giant shark in a tank because they go to kind of like a, an aquarium. And uh, they like trick the zombies to go into the shark tank, thinking that'll dispatch the zombies. And the shark eats all the zombies. But oh no, it's not over. The zombies get their legs out through the bottom of the shark 
and then it becomes a walking giant zombie shark with legs from the zombies. I was like cheering in, in bed when I was watching it in my hotel room. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best fucking thing ever. And uh, yeah, amazing. Like so many crazy moments in that movie, but that was definitely the standout. I just, I popped for that one. Excellent. All right. Most obscure horror recommendation of the year. I'm going to give it to one I already mentioned, uh, Husera the Bone Woman. I just feel like it's one probably not a lot of people have checked out yet. And uh, it's definitely one of the, the creepiest and probably scariest movies of the year I saw. So I'd, I'd check it out. All right. My obscure is Mad Heidi uh, for reasons already mentioned. Check it out when it comes out next. I, well, it's actually on Amazon right now for $1.99. I think you can do worse uh, with two bucks. So check it out. I think you'll have a great time if you want a stupid fucking version of Kill Bill. Yeah, definitely with Mad Heidi, but I'm going to go again with Zom 100, Bucket List of the Dead. Uh, I'm the only person who put it on a list out of 34, so people need to check it out. It's on Netflix, and, and it is crazy, but it's fun, so definitely check it out. All righty. That will wrap it for that um, as far as 2023 horror, but now let's get into podcast superlatives. Best podcast episode of the year. I'm going to give it to episode 290 to our Wes Craven retrospective. I always love doing the retrospectives. We hadn't done one in a while, and I was able to check out some of Wes Craven's more obscure horror movies I had never seen. And I always love kind of talking all, you know, sort of going through a whole director's sort of filmography. So I thought that was really cool. So that was episode 292, the Wes Craven retrospective. All right. My uh, favorite pod app of the year was a couple episodes ago, and that's American Psycho, because I felt our conversation about uh, Patrick Bateman's sexual orientation and is it real? Is it in his head? Do people just ignore him? Whatever it was, everything we talked about, I thought was a very fun and fluid conversation. So that's American Psycho of a couple episodes ago. And I think our best episode was episode 276. Unfortunately, not for a great reason. Uh, it was Carousel. It's the episode where we honored our buddy Chuck. You know, we lost two very great friends and listeners uh, this year, Michelle and Chuck. And the reason that one in particular stands out is our like community really fucking joined together when that happened because it affected a lot of people and hearing a lot of people who have never, you know, sent voice messages before and, uh, you know, also written messages and it was a touching episode and a good farewell to a dear friend. So episode 276 carousel is I think our best episode of the year. Yeah, absolutely. That was a tough one, but yeah, it was it was great to hear everyone's sort of memories and stuff like that. That was definitely a fantastic episode. All right, best interview of the year. This is a tough one. I mean, we had some pretty solid interviews this year. I, I went back and forth. Honestly, I would love to have say have said the, the Hocus Pocus cast, but unfortunately, we were limited on what we could talk about in that interview due to the strike. Another one that stuck out to me was Casper Van Dien and Alice Lucy from Mad Heidi. I thought that was a great one, but I'm going to give it to episode 300 and Douglas Tate. He was fantastic. Such a, a super nice guy. We ended up doing an event with him at Silver Moon Comics in October as well, but he really went into depth with Freddy versus Jason and Halloween Kills and stuff like that. And he had some really interesting insights about how he, you know, unfortunately missed out on playing you know jason a couple times and michael myers a couple times and just how he it was, it was really great really great interview so that's um episode 300 our interview with douglas tate 
I'm not sure I'm the episode, but the uh, Johnny Rico interview was amazing because Casper Medina is a delight. It is a crying shame that that man doesn't have a bigger, more prolific career in Hollywood because he is he gives it all in every performance. And even the bad ones where it's like he, he's got his fucking stupid ass um, accent of Matt Heidi. It's still fucking good because it's Casper Medina. So him screaming like, uh, you know what to do. It's like in the interview is just amazing. So uh, Casper Medina and Johnny Rico. Yeah, I mean, the Hocus Pocus cast, you know, such a huge moment for us, uh, you know, getting the, you know, the three kids and the cat, and they all have amazing stories, I'm sure, individually, but we were under the constraint of the strike at the time. So I'm hoping in 2024, we can re-interview them all, maybe individually to talk about their careers and actually get into the meat of their, you know, their stuff. So for that, I think it's also wouldn't be my favorite of the year. Uh, Douglas Tate, I agree with Joe, fucking fantastic interview. I had so much fun with that one. But my two uh, personal favorites that I did were people who aren't really well known, but I had a joy talking to them. And that's Andrew Bowser, who's uh, Onyx de Fortitas and Onyx de Fortitas and the Talisman of Souls and Joseph Winter which we had done for Deadstream last year. I got to interview him this year, and I was so excited about it. Unfortunately, I missed Casper because we had the interview at the exact same time. So Joe did Casper, I did uh, Joseph. But both them, Andrew and Joseph, were just so cool. And I really can't wait to see what they do next in their career. Yeah, it was awesome. I enjoyed those both those interviews tremendously. Excellent. There was actually one, another one I had that I, I forgot to mention. I just saw it written down. But episode 280, our interview with uh, Christopher Griffiths and Gary Smart, who did the Robert England documentary, Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares. They had some fantastic stories um, about uh, Robert England and whatnot, including an interview, I believe, where he just had taken a shit and then Robert England was coming to his room um, and the panic that set in <laughs> during that moment. Um, so that's pretty funny. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good interview. And there's a lot of great stuff in that one as well. All right. So let's get into next year, 2024. Most anticipated horror film for next year. I'm going to say two, because um, why the hell not? Terrifier 3, of course. I think, you know, I think a lot of the horror fan base is excited for that one. It's going to be a Christmas movie this time around. So what craziness can Art get into uh, with the Christmas theme around him? Uh, and a bigger budget. So I think uh, we're in for a treat with that one. And then... I got to give it to Robert Eggers, Nosferatu, just the absolute perfect movie for him to sort of uh, remake if he's going to remake anything. I've loved all three of his movies so far, and I'm excited to see what he does with Nosferatu. I was going to say Jordan Peele's, but that's been taken off of the schedule for right now. Um, Jordan Peele's Untitled new horror movie it was supposed to come out christmas day but it has been taken off the schedule so it might we might not see it next year so we'll see yeah you know i'm probably going ghostbusters man because i i love the last one and uh we can argue about it if it's horror all fucking year long but if it's anything like the last one i think it's be a good time and then nosferatu too like perfect director to tackle that and i cannot wait to see what they do with that film yeah, I had those, like, basically all the ones you mentioned, Terrifier 3, Nosferatu, and Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire, uh, as my top three of the year. But also, and we know nothing about it, but Fede Alvarez's Alien film, I think, could be uh, something really fucking cool that comes oh, yes. out this year. Um, but we know nothing about it at this point. Uh, what do you think is the dark horse for 2024, of the ones that uh, you know of? Well, that's the key word. Like, I think it's going to be something that we don't know of 
every time this happens every year something comes up you're like dang a shutter original or 2b something it's those always happen i can't wait to see those uh, yeah. I mean, look at Candyland, right? Fucking came out of nowhere and it made all of our, what, top five, you know, horror of the year list. So it's always right. Something like that. But I'm going to go with one I just saw yesterday. I went I went to the movie theater and I saw a poster for a movie called Out of Darkness. And apparently it's going to be a Stone Age horror type movie. I know nothing about it. I haven't seen a trailer for it. I only just saw the poster yesterday, but I'm excited for that one. Yeah, and I'm going to go something that's horror adjacent, not so much horror, but I'm like unnaturally excited for this movie and I don't know why. And that's Twisters, the sequel to Twister. And then <laughs> Twister, I just fucking love Twister. We reviewed it on the show. I just, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. I mean, it's probably going to suck, but I'm still going to go watch it and I'm excited about it. Excellent. I just, before we move on, I just wanted to mention a couple of big, big releases for next year. A Quiet Place Day 1 will be releasing uh, in June of next year. Also, Trap, which is M. Night Shyamalan's newest horror movie, that is going to be releasing in August. Alien Romulus, which we just mentioned, that is right now scheduled for August 16th. I agree. that I think that one is going... I mean, Fede Alvarez, he never does anything bad. Smile 2, <laughs> we'll see how that one does. October 18th. Uh, Saw 11, of course, coming out in September of next year. And also Maxine is another big one, I think, that we had mentioned that I am very excited about as well. So we'll see. A lot of, I think another big year for horror sequels. Is the new Scream going to come out next year too? I don't know. I think they're probably going to have to take a year off now that the director has also exited the project. So I, I right now the Scream franchise is in absolute disarray. But... All right, I think that's it, gentlemen. Any last thoughts about 2023 before we head on to 2024? Yeah, I just want to give a huge shout out to everyone, you know, in that listens and everything like that. I got to meet quite a bit of you this year between uh, Texas Friday Weekend and uh, our event in Salem, and it was just an absolute pleasure to get to hang out with uh, so many people. Looking forward to hanging out with more. You know, we got Pittsburgh in June. Uh, for Living Dead Weekend, and I know uh, Joe's going to be at Texas Frightmare Weekend again, and we're going to have another huge event in Salem in mid-October. So yeah, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, both in person and online, on Discord, on social media. And I just want to thank everyone for the year. I know this was a tough year. You know, we kind of went through some tough moments there, especially early on, but people were just so cool and so chill and really came together. And I just want to say thank you to everyone. Yeah, I mean, I echo everything Steve said. It was it was a tough year, but it was a tough year as far as the human aspect of this podcast and our listeners and stuff. We lost a couple of great people, so you know, they of course always are will be in our memory. But uh, I mean, as far as us as the podcast, I mean, I think we did some great stuff, and you know, hopefully, two thousand twenty four will do even greater stuff. You know, we're going to continue. Uh, you know, doing great interviews, doing more events, hopefully, and just keep plugging away. We hope you guys enjoyed 2023 and we're excited to bring you 2024. Uh, one last thing is important dates for next year. Like Steve just mentioned, the Living Dead Weekend, we're going to call it the official Horror Squad podcast meetup. 
That is June 7th through the 9th in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. All three of us are planning on attending that one. And then, of course, our Hocus Pocus event with the cast October 11th through the 13th in Salem, Massachusetts next year. And we're all going to be hitting up other conventions. I'll be in Texas in May and Monster Mania in March and August uh, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Totter, I know you're doing what? I got, uh, I got uh, Whorehound? Uh, Whorehound in Cincy in March. So come on up. we got a stellar cast. And yeah, I'm also mirror what you guys said. Thank you for listening to us. And I can't regurgitate what you guys said. These guys said it well. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys at either our two sort of main events or just come hang out with one of us at sort of our singular things that we're doing. Uh, throughout the year but we'll always keep you guys up to date in the meantime you can keep up with the podcast social media facebook twitter instagram threads the horror squad podcast you can of course email us anytime the horror squad podcast at gmail.com but the best way of course our discord it is linked over on our instagram or send us a dm if you haven't joined yet and we will get you a link to join that discord we do movie club every single month steve hosts that and we have a whole community over there with great people also please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app if you haven't already and if you want to rep the podcast buy some merch over on t public that is also linked over on our Instagram or just search the Horror Squad podcast over on T Public. So that is going to be it for our 2023 year end episode. Next week, it's my pick and I haven't decided yet. So I'll uh I'll let you guys know over on the Discord, but I'll let Steve and Todd know at some point today so they can get on to watching that movie. So yeah, that's it. Once again, thank you to everyone who sent in your lists for 2023. Evil Dead Rise, your best horror movie of 2023, as voted on by all of you. Let's see what 2024 will hold for horror. See ya. Bye. Bye.